0: so one question that came up was the relationship Vitaka. what do these words mean vitakka vichara viveka and this um, and what's this related to mindfulness and concentration and so on and I thought I'd kind of amplify a little bit and talk about you know concentration and mindfulness as well um, since uh, I think it's a good thing to refresh and at least give my my precious little views upon (laughs) and you can you can do what you like you know you can listen to other people and make your own assessments Um, what i see in the uh, pali canon which is the earliest um, record we have of the Buddha's teachings um, probably composed within you know, the first 50, 100 years of his passing away, at least the major suttas were, so they made pretty close as we we're going to get, really, to what was laid down at that time. So, just recognizing that all, all language, you have to see it in context. You can't just get a dictionary, you have to see how, how is it used. Right? So, you look at it a number of times. Now, you know, you know Kiri is very generous calling me a scholar, actually, I'm not a scholar. I'm a student, and um, I look at these things because they concern me, and I try to get it right. So I, I look at little bits and pieces and pick away at it. Um, but Vitaka Vichara, and I've also tried to work with it and see what actually happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does it fit together? Because we're using a language structure that's from the 5th century BC, India, you know, and how well does that capture you know, how does that translate into English, which is, you know, a bit of a mess, really. Um. (laughs) (laughs) But, Bhittaka Vichara is used in in many instances. Primarily, it's used in, in, uh, with reference to establishing (laughs) what's called the first jhana, the first absorption. And so, this is... uh, Um, you know, a state of what you might call unification, concentration, absorption uh, and it's also used uh, as a um, a normal function of mind it's something the mind does all the time and so the translations say vitaka. roughly speaking, is seen as initial thought or the initial moment of a thought um, the moment you you. Put your mind on something. So initial thought, um, conceiving, I sometimes say bringing to mind. That is, you say, oh, oh, you know, and my aunt, and then she pops up. You know. So you bring it to mind. And there's that moment when that thing points and it comes into your awareness. You know. So this is what happens whenever we think about something. We think, what time i going to the airport? Airport all oh, right, and boom, you bring it to mind and this little <coughs> stuff starts rolling out. So the moment of bringing something <coughs> to mind uh, is Vitaka. And it's used in meditation as, say, bring to mind, okay, the breath. So it means there's all these possibilities of things we can focus on, so it's the thing that says, go there. And it's it's a, a, a movement of what's called the vajjisankara. Sankara, which is the ability to conceive. So, some is, so, with that, because we can do this quite, you know, we can't necessarily have much say over our, our moods and inclinations, but we can pretty quickly think. Breath, yeah, there's no big struggle with that. Be happy could be more difficult, <laughs> 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 but breath, I can do that. Maybe I can at least yes you know, Okay, just for one moment. So let's be tucker, pointing. Um, Vichara, the word chara is to do with moving, moving around. Vichara, so vi is a suffix, generally moving around inside or with reference to. So it's really like exploring. So sometimes translated as secondary thought or pondering or turning over, evaluation. Hmm. So I, and the images that are sometimes used is vitaka is striking the bell, vichara is the resonance. So you the breath and, how's that? So this is a different action of mine is that you kind of pause and you hover over it and you, how is that? How is that? that? How is that? So when we apply that in, in meditation, the aim is you, you focus on, say, your breathing, and how is that? So is a little more listening and receptive. At the same time, it? Is it soft, is it strong, is it bright, it where is it? What's it doing, is it moving? So vichara. And so I likened it to the finger points and the palm handles and you need two of those let's mm. be and this can occur in unskillful ways you think that so and so did this to me and not and owes me you know five thousand rand and, you know and you can kind of muse over that so it's going be a very negative thing and sometimes it's what happens you know your mind sticks on something like a terrier on a rat it starts musing over it and cooking up all sorts of painful moods with that. Mm. So it's not necessarily a skillful factor but it's associated with anything that we bear in mind. Now, we've got this quality so the idea is you you turn it towards something that's um, um, useful, um, profitable, skillful. And you can do this Obviously with breathing, but you can also do it with what's called recollection. You bring the Buddha to mind. Buddha, what's that mean? Awakened, what's that like? Mm Well, you look at the Buddha image. It seems to be steady, peaceful, calm, composed. Awakening, Mm -hmm. so you can bear Buddha in mind. And in fact, some of this chanting actually gives you some concepts that you can bear in mind, like... uh, Look how we do, the one who knows all the worlds. Sugato, um, um, the one who is accomplished and fortunate and happy, has arrived at the good place, Good, gone to the good place. So these are just terms that obviously they're, they're kind of, they're old. So you don't immediately get the resonances. You might, in modern language, use another really cool, uh, you, you, but the, the idea is that, that you can actually perhaps even create your own. You know, what does Buddha mean to you? Probably compassionate, wise. So you, you strike it and you resonate. And you turn it over until the process of that is establishes it in your heart. If you do it properly, you get it as a felt experience. It really gets there. So you can do this with Buddha nusati. Maranusati, death, contemplate death, bring it to mind. What's that about? What's that mean? Oh, you know, it means no future. It means let go of all this stuff because we're moving on. It means what's worthwhile, what's valuable. What am I going to take with me? Good thing to contemplate. You know, you know, this is going to come with me, is it? So, well, hang on. You know, what's going to stay here is this. This one's chitta, one's heart. So <coughs> using sati is considered a skillful vitaka vichara exercise to prioritize what's important, recognizing we can all pass away at any time. Yeah. And so you're realizing you just start lightening the load before you know, lift off, as it were. So there are prescribed. Uh, uh, subjects of Itaka Vichara you could be talking about sila you know right, harmlessness mm, harmlessness how's that how's that feel oh, quite lovely actually so you can ponder and you, can, you the, the two together Itaka holds it there and Vichara is really the thing that adds to the quality to it. it gives you the quality because it takes it into your heart so these are considered um, essential for meditation. Viveka, word again used in a number of contexts, but often primarily we see it in meditation as uh, vivekad from um, unskillful states, we withdraw you know, we can all acknowledge unskillful states. We may be experiencing unskillful. What does unskillful mean? Things that make me feel unhappy, don't go to be useful, are either pointless, distracting, or you know, ugly, um, corrupted with hatred or greed or something like that. Say so unskillful doesn't do me any good. Doesn't do anybody else any good. Doesn't go to be useful. So we withdraw from that you Step back. Yeah? Um, so it's used in that context, and even interesting enough, withdrawal from sense contact is is of, is prescribed for meditation. It means this is not uns- sense contact itself is not unskillful, but still the same mechanism is applied. We uh, there's the sense contact, there's the sounds, the sights, the touching, pulling back. So withdrawal, not bad. Uh, and another sense in which is usually slightly later than Nidisa, which is a sort of commentary work, talks about kaiviveka, chitviveka, upadiviveka. is withdrawal with reference to the body, which uh and with reference to the heart and upadiviveka with reference to the ongoing tendencies to generate self, mm. and uh, so first to kaya Veka often seen as just um, putting down one's social duties, withdrawing from one's normal social urban engagements. You know, just step back, step back, mm-hmm. and uh, you can deepen that by, by in a way. Because we get so wired up to it, to our social ego. can also be stepping out of the normal rhythms of our life. It's 8 o'clock, it's 10 o'clock, we jump, 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 you know, step back. Because, of course, you know, um, you don't get out of town just by using a car. Because sometimes you take the town with you, in your body, the society. So... That withdrawal, Chitra withdraw is essentially from um, unskillful mental states, unhelpful mental states uh, of, um, of various kinds. So, and the other, with re- reference to meditation, the Buddha says, well, you know, this, uh, you start with this, you kind of have the sense of stepping back just as we come and retreat. And In in Thailand, often the word (coughs) you're going to treat is by we wake. In other words, go on viveka, means go to your your withdrawal mode. Mm. So it's also still an active term in Buddhist cultures. Mm. Um, The other significant feature of it is um, the happiness or the pleasure born of viveka. And this is associated with meditation. So saying, there is a kind of pleasure that comes from this withdrawal. Yeah. And it's a pleasure like, you might say, taking weight off your back. Uh, unplugging from something that's overactive. Unplugging from being pulled around. You get a sense of, oh, that's kind of nice. You know? Is an uplifted quality? And these are this is a very significant experience because we have to bear in mind that for meditation you have to have pleasure. Yeah. For for absorption you need pleasure because your mind doesn't absorb unless it's without pleasure. If there's pleasure, you absorb it absorbs. Mm. Mm. So, vitaka vichara, it's first the withdrawal, viveka, then you, you put, no, no, you put a little that down, let's go to this thing, just put it, go to this thing, handle it, feel it, get it, feel it. And through this skillful handling and you know, being present with something, a meditation object, the mind is gently acted a uh, massage, you might say, because now we're with something whose nature is uh, rhythmic, natural, calming, uplifting, supporting, steadying, sobering,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we come into a quality of heart that feels free from worry, free from ill will, free from ambition and craving, free from wavering and doubt, free from restlessness and it starts to feel good it starts to feel pleasant. The beauty of it is is that you begin to, the really transformative beauty of it, you begin to see happiness can occur not through adding things but through dropping things. This is really <laughs> quite a hinge point, isn't it? You know, because mostly you're given the message, buy one of these, you get happy. Go here, you get happy. Add, one another, add another layer on top, you get happy. And this is saying, no, you just keep sk- scooping away and you come to a, a natural happiness, which is also innate because you don't conjure it up. You don't add something. You, you, it's, it's effortless. I mean, it takes effort to clear away, sure, but the happiness itself is quite... Relaxed, easy, uh, and uh, the first sign of this is something called a certain buoyancy. You know, when the, when these um, weights of the called the hindrances, um, you know, ill will, craving, or ambition, um, sleepiness, dullness, um, worry, doubt, restlessness, when these when you come out of the grip of that. That chitta starts to lift and, you know, you, you're, you so you use a meditation object to, to draw your mind out of that and you start to feel a quality called piti, buoyant, uplifted sense and, um, and then it, it, this is where you get, this is where the mind begins to absorb and feel at ease and unified. <laughs> You now, you know, so withdraw from sense contact, you know, we're coming into this one, you know, into this inner quality of the body. Somebody had a question about the spinal axis, what's that got to do with, what's that? This is a bit of, okay, this is This is me. Yeah. Uh, But, um, from studying various things, uh, both my own experience and uh, looking at things such as um, some craniosacral um, (coughs) understanding, also yogic uh, understanding of these channels, energy channels. And so, you know, one is an ancient Indian understanding, one is a contemporary Western understanding, How come they've come to the same conclusion? Why, in Buddha Dharma, do you have the sense of he sits, one sits with spine upright? Um, You know? And can you, as you come back, can you feel the sense of how do you know you're upright? How do you know when you're standing upright? There is something there that's, that's attuned to that. So now it isn't really a series of sensations, but after a while you can, I can anyway, detect a particular um, slight warming effect. If, if I stay with that breathing in and out, and just keep in a way inclining attention back. Now I feel a slight warming effect running, starting to run up the spine or down the legs from the from the base of the spine. Mm-hmm. That's me. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't ask it to do that. (laughs) So I'm assuming this is a natural function, uh, an energy channel. Where it's helpful is because with that, you know, a lot of the problems that occur, well, one of the major problems that occurs for us is we we tend to be very much pressed forward because all the sense-fit doors are really stuck on the front of our bodies. And so we're into stuff there, and generally le- moving forward, and then you know, stuff starts flying at us. You know, custard pies, you know, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of, whoa. So, you know, if you could just step back a bit so you're not really really leaning right into things, and you notice when people get a bit aggressive towards you, they sort of come forward and you know, everything lights up. And, and you know, if you start leaning into that, then it gets very intense, so just this sense of being able to step back and find, you feel quite grounded particularly if you're standing coming down the soles of your feet So you feel pretty grounded non-aggressive, it's not a it's not a kind of a chest, chest forward firmness, it's a spinal I'm here, you know, and you see certainly in martial arts you see that a lot, people are pretty light, flexible but you know they've got a tremendous resource of energy Mm. so I see this as as a a helpful tip and place it there and you can make look at it, uh, explore it, see if it's useful for yourself Mm. it helps to just lessen the impact of. of sense contact even emotional uh, contact you get behind it but that's what you know in a way, it's another perhaps a subtle aspect of Viveka, the ability to, to withdraw to step back from the the immediate impact but not dissociate from it but you step back from it what, because otherwise, you know, without that, we either will tend to find ourselves engaging, yeah, or you know, collapsing, or basically dissociating. I can't handle this. on am out of here. You know, uh, and and or and sometimes, in fact, people who get a lot of um, difficult experiences will tend to. Find it their front, of their body starts to seize up. I was talking to somebody a while back, and who'd had some serious difficulties, and a lot of her pain had now locked into her soft tissues in her in her stomach. And you notice this, don't you? If you get you get it's kind of knotted up sense because it's all the soft stuff was getting the impact, and this person didn't have a spine, didn't have a back. I mean. Physically she did, but in terms of her awareness, she didn't really have much of a back. So all that stress got impacted in the soft stuff, and we knot up. To, and soft stuff should not knot up. That's what backs are for. They're there to hold. To to resist, to sustain, to resist pressure, not the soft stuff. <laughs> right. So anyway, that. Now. now you know, we look at a process of the way the Buddha um, talked about meditation, you know, and this is standard. vitaka vichara, and then piti, sukha, viveka. vitaka vichara, piti, sukha. They are there, and I'm using the Pali because that's, that's the kind of set pattern, and it occurs again and again and again, uh, many, many times. Yeah. And so this is called the first jhana. And jhana means absorption and it's another slightly problematic word uh, because uh, there are different quite a f- range of interpretations of it of what this word actually signifies. But that's that list is what the Buddha mentioned. And sometimes the other word ekagata unified altogether is added to that list. Yeah. and so that's you know, so when that happens and certainly it means that the hindrances are have been brushed away or in abeyance so the mind is 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 absorbed and he often used this phrase um, jayati, pick away it means you know, so it's translated as meditate bhikkhus but the word actually means absorb absorb bhikkhus don't waste your time here are roots of trees, here are lonely here are solitary places I teach this out of compassion for you jayati, jayati so he uses that jayati jhana and it occurs again and again and again and what you don't, I haven't seen is him ever saying samadhi bhikkhus do samadhi He doesn't use it as a verb. So there's no... He doesn't say concentrate. The word samadhi, as far as I can see, is used to refer to a particular state of composure that occurs as this absorption process begins to crystallise. As this absorption process begins to crystallise we enter samadhi. So it's, you could say it's a state or a place of composure, unification. The mind is unified instead of being this, that, this, that, thinking, feeling. It's all together, samadhi. And um, it's dependent uh, on Viveka-vitaka-vicara piti-sukha. Piti is piti, yes, this buoyant. Uplifted sense and sukha is more like a quality of ease and just contented, something like that, pleasant. So you know the Buddha felt, thought, felt this was his big discovery. According again to the to what we have in the texts, he'd been saying doing ascetic practices, going into these very high. hip um, hypagogic states such as neither pers- sphere of nothingness. So in other words, rather refined, abstracted mental states, you know, such as sphere of nothing. Well, <coughs> I mean we could talk about that probably just talking about something we don't experience, so why bother? But essentially it seemed to be some yogic suspension where he's sort of out of it and then he comes down again to earth and what was what was all that about? How do we integrate this? So then then he has his time under this bolly tree, and he's wait a minute. I found this when I was a little boy. You know, I had this experience sitting under a tree. Nobody's bothering me. It's nice and cool. My dad's over there. I feel safe. And my mind wasn't bothered with anything unskillful. And from this quality of light, ease, withdrawn from unskillful states entered into this absorption experience, jhana. So, as far as the word jhana is not used prior to that experience, so it seems that he felt this was one of the things he was offering, absorption, and pleasant abiding in the here and now. Now, you know, Buddhism is quite an old um religion or spiritual tradition and we have something 500 bc 400 bc roughly this century and then of course you've got all these various commentaries and overlays and teachers for 2000 years and language changes culture changes and different people have different things to comment on and one particular very significant shift was in the interpretation of jhana. Uh, There's this very significant shift, I don't know, nobody knows exactly when it occurs, but if you see jhana mentioned in one of the most popular commentaries, the Visuddhimagga, and it seems to be something quite rarefied, extremely rarefied, like, you know, when you're in jhana, the world has disappeared, there's no sense contact, you're out there in some kind of feet off the ground, and and also, if you do that, you never you don't get enlightened. You go into this kind of special, you know, ice kind of s- sublime state. But you've got to come out of it because it's a bit of a pleasant detour, and you've got to come out of it to do vipassana to get insight in order to get liberated. So they sort of split insight. Vipassana from jhana. So it's split off. You can do one or the other. And in fact, the best thing to do really is insight because that's going to lead you to liberation. And jhana is just a nice, rarefied state. So it takes a lot of work to get in there. You've got to have special circumstances to get in there and um, so on. When you, think, well, you actually look in the suttas, jhana occurs many, many times. It's a standard thing. Vipassana hardly ever occurs. As a, as a reference, maybe a dozen times, so what happens if it was, why doesn't, what happened, <laughs> uh, who knows what happened, but anyway, so, that, so this means that mo- many teachers will say, oh jhana, don't bother with that, in fact, um, you, c- you know, you can end up wallowing in bliss all the time, and not do the real work of, of realisation, well okay, how many people are bothered by wallowing in bliss? I can't, you made a problem for me. I have a little wallow, thank you very much. (laughs) 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 I'm not that picky. Uh, (laughs) But but then it seems so kind of way out there. So they seem to have exaggerated jhana and sort of hived it off into some... Very, very sublime state. And vipassana is this dry thing where you don't even dare to get into jhana. Don't even allow any happy feeling cut it off. Because you just want to know it as impermanent. It's called the dry path, dry inside path. It's pretty dry. And, and actually, you know, some meditation systems really emphasize that. And I don't know. Um, but whatever it doesn't say in the, in the suttas, in the early, in the early teachings. So why did the Buddha didn't didn't he get it right? Why did he tell everybody got the wrong path? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the jhana and the sutras as it isn't actually the same thing as the jhana and the commentaries it's much it's not so intense it's not so you know uh, uh, not so remote possibility and it's considered to be just it's that which makes your mind pliable workable comfortable confident free from hindrances and within that you start to contemplate and this is where the insight comes in, it means you're, you're contemplating within that experience the changeability, the selflessness, the substancelessness of what you're experiencing. And so that, that insight is really just a, a way of looking at the nature of experience. It's not a particular system or technique in the suttas. It's just a way and encouragement to look at the conditioned nature of experience. And samata is the jhana, just the ability to just calm, steady the mind. So you've got a steady enough thing, and you feel happy enough, to actually look into what's going on. Mm-hmm. So samatha, vipassana, they, do, they are mentioned. Jhana is mentioned much more commonly. You know, you know, so I mention this because, you know, I think most of us, when we meditate, assume we have to concentrate and although I'm being a little bit naughty, um, saying don't concentrate, I don't mean distract yourself endlessly, I mean, <laughs> 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 you know, because generally people concentrate they screw their heads up. <coughs> okay, you can feel almost the world go up into your you feel your f- eyebrow start to furrow. <laughs> sort of concentrate, because you concentrate on your work. You concentrate when you're driving. You definitely should concentrate when you're driving. Don't absorb, but concentrate. Uh, it means it's very much a, a, a focused thing, holding a point. And so, and actually that particular function kind of gets worn out, really. Because you're doing it, when you're doing your taxi turns, you're got to concentrate. You know, when you do work, you're got to concentrate. And it generally drives you up into your head, and you're holding it there. And you don't get happy with that. It's not a happy experience. So this is where, you know, you check that list, where's the happiness? Um, well, it you know, doesn't happen, in my experience. It, depending on what that word does to you. Now, but absorb, and the concentration, as an English word to me, is a sense of narrowing and tightening around an object, absorption is a sponge, you start to absorb all the good stuff, because of that absorption of all good stuff, your mind is collected onto this good stuff. Mm. So the images used for jhana are just like someone who is getting some soap powder and water and a sponge. And then kneading the silver so sponge gets all frothy with soap. So that's that's the image is used. So you could say that sponge is definitely unified, it's of one nature, it's all just saturated with soap and foam. So you could say it's it, it's unified, but it's not squeezed dry. And Samadhi means something like unification, uh, stuck together or unified. Now, there can be unification of something saturated with one quality. Therefore, it's unified because it only has this one quality in it. Yeah. So that that's the jhana sense, and. Just to add to that, um, it means essentially what I'm encouraging You know, is whatever is good, whatever is beautiful, whatever you trust, whatever you find is lovely, skillful, not associated with unskillful things, absorb into it, drink it in, drink in the quality of it, drink in the heart state of it, absorb in it. You don't have to just absorb into breathing in and out. Absorb into whatever is you find beautiful, skillful. Mm. Because this is your food. This is food for the heart. Absorb into the quality of harmlessness, gentleness, peacefulness, loving kindness. Absorb it. Take it in. Drink it in. Uh, And so then it fills you. This is yeah, you know, it's just kind of common sense, really. But so often we we can skip over, yeah, you know, skip over just going to oh yeah, be a nice person, but no, no. How does it feel? How does it feel? We of each other. How does it feel? How does kindness feel? What does goodwill feel like? Get into it, absorb it, drink it in. Not just as an idea, but as a direct experience then whatever you do in that way you're constantly cultivating these skillful factors that lead to unification and you feel good and then your mind does steady in that and then the worry and the fear and the tension does dissolve Hmm. and you know this is a liberation So, the Buddha does say vitaka vichara, he says also be mindful. Establish mindfulness, that's definitely something you do. And mindfulness, if vitaka is to bring something to mind, mindfulness, as you review it, read it, consider it, is it bears something in mind, it stays with that thing. It's the opposite of distractedness, where we Jump, jump, jump. To so be mindful means you, you know, something is placed there and you bear it in mind. You stay on track. So if you like, ironically enough, you know, mindfulness is a kind of concentration. Uh, and you just stay with it. But uh, stay with the thing. And you stay with it because you keep placing it, placing it, placing it, and then you get it. Place it, you get it. Hold it, now hold it steady. Stay with it. And really, the, the important thing, or I'm saying it's an important thing to bear in mind with with this whole process of unifying, concentrating, meditating, is, is to be able to let go of what's not necessary. Yeah? It's not so much you're putting effort into holding something, as you put a little more effort into just abandoning things doesn't matter now put it aside you know and topics of thought topics of concern just for an hour put it aside you know, switch off your things for an hour for a day you know, so this is you know then you're going to find your ability to bear something in mind is greater because you've got less juggling less balls in the air uh, and if it was as simple as that, this would be great. But unfortunately, of course, uh, much, much of a lot of stuff is carried really in an involuntary manner. It's kind of got stuck in there. You know, we don't decide to feel certain qualities of tension or distress. It's got locked in there. and You feel it in your body and sometimes you feel it in your heart. And, doing this deliberately it's got stuck so we need to do some bit of massage to clear it out therefore we use Vitaka vichara trying to find the good spot what's the good place what's the good theme to bear in mind and what i'm trying to encourage myself and others is can you take that whatever your good quality is that's loving kindness breathing in and out and begin to move that through the difficult places either in your body or in your heart so this is the process of, of um, you know applying applying um, mindfulness and applying um, the, these uh, these skills these meditation themes Viveka means we step back we start to recognize there's a little more stepping back uh, that many of us need to do, we need to step back from the idea of time, how long does it take, doesn't matter. Uh, you know, the idea uh, idea of ourself, I'm like this, I'm like that, forget it. <laughs> just just breathe in and out. You know? um, past, future, just step back. Mm-hmm. All the complexities, just step back. Viveka There's a certain sense of, you know, freeing up stepping back, we draw into something much more fundamentally human than our rather complex uh, lives so we come into that not because our complex lives are wasted but we need to get the space to begin to just find a perspective to clear out some of the tangles that we, we get into, it's like house clearing, house cleaning Mm. So, anyway, those terms, and as you can see, I can kind of roll on and on. Because I see so many people, and some of those Please stop meditating. And you, just get, you get so uptight when you meditate. Because <laughs> you, know, you get kind of obsessive and. You know, I'm this. I can't do it. I'm struggling. And you know, I think the Buddha felt this was for our welfare, and it could be quite a pleasant feelings. if we if we find the, the you know. Don't get too hypnotised by the assistance. Try to explore what the, what actually is, what it says on the lid until it works for you. In what way is clarity seductive? In what way and why is clarity seductive? Well, um, clarity is, is, I'm not saying it's certainly it's not wrong or bad or useless, but it, it can be overemphasized because with clarity, what can occur for people is, is to slightly uh, or completely uh, dislocate the um, the emotional sense, mm. so it can be part of the process of the great abstraction, you know, whereby we get totally clear, but we lose empathy with what we're being, what we are dealing with, particularly in the human realm. So it can be something that leads or, or is in, you know to this abstraction process where we see things purely black and white rational terms and we lose the sense of of empathy now of course there is clarity and empathy together you've got something very useful also clarity when we get because it's got this lovely oh things are totally clear i feel i'm in charge i've got you know i can look down from my mountain top oh look everything's up there because nobody's bothering me i'm up here and there's the map on the ground and it all works perfectly. Why don't these people get on with it? You get down the ground and it no. You know, it's not it's not what it looks like from the top of the mountain. You look on Google Maps, it all looks nice and clear and clean and happy down there. <laughs> 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 you get down there and you now I've got news for you, you know. <laughs> And you kind of get clear, get sort of roll out these clear, rational plans of, for people and how things are going to be. And uh, no. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so it is addictive because it's, it feels so good to be clear. It can feel quite. because you're out of this sort of mm, iffy, maybe, conditional, could be, see how it works. You know, feeling stuff, and you can get long-term plans, which are even more uh, fallacious. <laughs> How to make God laugh? They say is to have a plan. <laughs> I see it completely clearly. This is the first year, second year, third year, <laughs> and I'll organise everybody into this. So this is this is when we. We go overboard with it. And realistically, you can only be clear for a moment. <laughs> you know, when clarity is a specific, okay, this is what's happening to me right now, I'm clear about that, uh, yeah, it's useful. Right now it feels like this, that's good. But when you start to make it into, I'm going to be like this the rest of my life, or other people should be this way, then, then we've, we've, um, we've um, bought into the seduction of it. But yeah, clarity. What's happening for me right now? Yeah, that's good. Mm, Now? Okay, now how are you going to be with that? Mm. This is Vitaka Vichara. Clear? How is it? Clear? How is it? But it's only a moment. Mm. And so then clarity as a tool is useful. A you know, specific tool that you use uh, to get more clearer about what's happening right now. But you know, like you take a photograph of something. This is you know, Kirisar or Moira or whatever. Well, you know, she's not actually frozen into that kind of look. Constantly, she's moving and changing. You know, so we come to something that's actually alive. It's going to be constantly shifting, isn't it? Constantly shifting, changing this to that to the other. Mm-hmm. So whenever we try to make something um, into a clear image, we tend to lose the dynamic of it, the mood of it, and particularly. And it's tempting to to feel one could just be that. Solid thing, but we're not. It's moving and changing. And one could be clear clear about a nature clear about changeability, clear about the uncertainty. So, I'll pause there tonight. There's something useful there, um, you know. Vitaka Vichara Viveka and to into what's good and helpful, whether it's a mind state or body state, or preferably the both, and um, drink it in, the mind will definitely benefit from it.